0: hello and welcome to sundays at coastal this week we have a guest pastor mia shin preaching a sermon titled are you convinced from romans chapter 8 verses 35 through 39 we stand as witnesses to the extraordinary unbreakable love of god which empowers us to triumph over life's trials in christ jesus there exists an unyielding bond that nothing absolutely nothing can sever this divine connection fills our hearts with enduring hope Can you confidently affirm this truth in your life? Do you carry the unshakable belief that no force, whether visible or hidden, can detach you from God's secure embrace? Embrace this unassailable love and allow it to fortify you in every circumstance, demonstrating through your actions that you are resolutely anchored in this hope.
1: Joe mentioned a wedding. Uh, So dearly beloved, we are gathered here today Not for a wedding, uh, not for another meeting, or to work, or to take votes, or to be part of an exclusive club. That's not what we're here to do today. We're gathered here today as witnesses that there is hope beyond our brokenness, that we trust in a risen savior, and that we are the agents for restoration in this community. (laughs) It's okay, I have done that. Everyone in this room has done that. Not a problem. That's what Coastal's all about, and I want you to keep in mind that first one, hope in the midst of our brokenness. Just keep that in mind as you hear the message today. Let's pray. God, what message do you have for this particular group of people this particular town, at this particular time in history. We cast out any powers that are not of you from this place and from our own minds so that we may fully receive this message you have for us. We ask for your wisdom, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit who understands things that we cannot understand with our mere brains. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. When I'm asked to speak at a church or any other gathering, I think to myself, what is the one message that I would want to give to this group of people at this particular location, at this time in history, because I don't even know if I'm gonna be back here again, especially if I'm not good. (laughs) And I wonder if that's what the Apostle Paul also thought, because he traveled a lot, and wherever he went, he had a message for that particular people, At that location at that particular time in history and he never knew if he was gonna be back sometimes he didn't he wasn't able to go back and visit so let's see what one message Paul has for us a message he didn't record on YouTube that we can watch over and over and over again but that he wrote and that we can read to a church in Rome a letter now The Apostle Paul, inspired by the very Spirit of God, who lives in us also, wrote this letter to a group of believers. When we first start reading the passage, you're going to think, oh, maybe he's talking to to believers. He wrote it to believers, like us. This message was read and heard by believers in Rome, but like Rome, there were so many issues. We see that there was trouble, hardship, persecution, persecution. Famine, nakedness, danger, sore. There's this long list of things that he puts down. And he's talking to believers. And although Caesar claimed to be the savior and the patron of Rome, life was hard. And somebody described it this way. A Roman citizen said, most people ebb to and fro between the hardships of life and the fear of death and the hardships of life and the fear of death. They're unwilling to live, and yet they do not know how to die. There was a fear of persistent hardship that wouldn't let up. They thought they were at the mercy of spiritual powers, demons, superstition. Life was full of hardship, and it was in this setting that Paul wrote the letter to the believers that has become a light to us 2,000 years later here today, it's a long letter, so we have to think about what are some points of emphasis that he gives us, and then we're gonna focus in on that, because it's long, but then there's points of emphasis, and today we're gonna focus on one message. So if we could read this together. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's it, I'm done. (laughs) What more do I, okay, for I am convinced. Are you convinced? There was a time when I wasn't convinced. A year ago, I had no desire to go to church. I'm not talking about 20 years ago, I'm talking about a year ago, um, let alone apply to any pastoral position because I, I had given up on church. Yes. This pastor gave up, pastors are people, pastor gave up on church. It got so bad that at a certain point uh, my brain wasn't working, I thought, should I get up and take a shower today? Should I brush my teeth? And I, I'm pretty militant about flossing with my family. Did you floss your teeth? Floss your teeth. <laughs> I don't want to pay for dental. I was. Did I even, I didn't even want to brush your teeth, take a shower. My brain's no longer working. My brain is not focusing. Something's not right. So I went to go see the doctor who, who diagnosed me with PDD, which is persistent depressive disorder. Some of you in here may have heard of this. It's a condition that lasts a few years, but is brought on by trauma. Oh, that makes sense. The trauma was that I had to leave my church family of 20 years due to leadership abuse. And the subsequent church that I tried, um, I faced blatant bullying, racism, and gaslighting. We're talking about believers. We're talking about us. This is how the way leaders, uh, if this is how leaders shepherd a church, I don't want any part of it. I gave up on God. I mean, I gave up on church, and I almost gave up on Almost gave up on God. Meanwhile, I was having an existential crisis because I was finishing up my Master of Divinity. <laughs> at Biola. And wondering what the heck I was gonna do with this pastoral degree when I give up on church. (laughs) Uh, We tried other churches, we tried, but there were times when I couldn't even step foot into a church. I I couldn't even, I didn't even want to get out of my car. I see a lot of people doing this. And then my loving husband, who has supported my call and supported our family from the beginning, he said, "Uh, we need to go to church. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And Coastal was actually the last church stop for me in this county because there weren't many to choose from. Because most don't believe that women can be preachers and pastors. And how do I how do I deal with that when God has given me the call to be a pastor and a preacher? But most of the churches don't. And I looked high and low for a church that affirmed women, uh, women leaders. Because I had not because I had some <laughs> culturist feminist agenda or something. Because when I went to seminary, I learned in seminary that women as evidenced in this very same letter I'm talking about, the book of Romans, that women can be called to be preachers and pastors and whatever God calls them to do. Wait a minute, why did I learn this when I went to seminary? Just as Paul called the woman Junia esteemed among the apostles, a word he references to himself, he calls himself an apostle, he called her esteemed among the apostles, giving evidence that women could preach and lead and do whatever I knew that's what God called me to do, and I needed to find a path where this biblical principle would be followed. Because, but I gave up on church, or did I give up on church? But I gave up, but did I? So in, you know, in seminary, we, we learn Hebrew and Greek and, and, and the original languages, and with any translation, it's really hard to get the exact word for what they meant back 2,000 years ago? Just imagine. Sometimes we can't even talk to our own spouse. They don't even know what we're saying. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the Mia Shin version, not official. Uh, Next one. Not official at all. So do not go somewhere and say, oh, this is the official Bible translation. Oh, look, there's a screen right there. The next one. So that list, trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, and so on, can be said like this in our current day. Pressure, do you feel pressure? Do you have distress, coastal church? Do you have faith-related condemnation? Scarcity of basic needs? Vulnerability, fear, physical or spiritual, war or death, or um, another translation was judicial punishment. Well, God was opening up doors for me, two doors, possibly a church, pastoral position, and a church planting opportunity, and I told myself, I'm indecisive about this because I wanna make the right choice. Just tell me what to do, God, and I'll do it. Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. How many of you have prayed that prayer? I've probably prayed it a thousand times, and he's probably like, no, you won't. I, I was leading a retreat when This truth surfaced. What I was framing as making the best decision was actually me being afraid to choose either because of fear that history might repeat itself and at the mercy of spiritual leaders, I might be manipulated and hurt again. So I was like a deer in headlights. Would another leader use me to serve in every capacity in church only to limit the capacity to fulfill the call of God in my life? But no one can change the promise of God. No one can change the character of God. God's character eclipses all others. I could hope in God's character over any hardship, over any person. What God says he's gonna do, he's gonna do. So in the midst of hardship, a message from Paul. Paul wasn't speaking just to Romans. God was speaking to Paul, who is now speaking to us, to me, to you. I have been through trauma. You've been through trauma. If you have been living on earth for the past three, four years, you have have some kind of trauma. Many, even as we sit here today, many online, are suffering from the loss of home, family, job, relationships, trust. I feel like that is such the, that's the heart one of the hardest ones trust trust in people and what can we say to those who have been through so much because of who God is and because of His character we have hope we have hope beyond our brokenness through the love of God in Christ Jesus if we look up at The next verse, 35 and 37. That's okay. Let's not put that one up. (laughs) Any technical difficulty is my fault. 35 and 37. 35, 36, 37 says, "Um, For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We have hope. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to be witnesses of the inseparable love of God that empowers us to conquer this world. I don't know what trauma you've been through. Have you been through trouble, hardship, famine, persecution, nakedness, danger, sword, whatever words that were used back then, or the words I gave you, pressure, faith-based persecution, We're not mere citizens of this world, ebbing to and fro between the fear of death and the hardships of life, the fear of death and the hardships of life, and then we die. I mean, we don't know how to live, and yet we don't know how to die. That's not us. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, and because of that, we have hope. We are not mere citizens of this world. Are you convinced of this hope? That's the title of this message. Are you convinced? Does your life reveal that you have hope? That you won't give up? Are you so confident in God's love that you have hope no matter what comes your way? Let's read this again. Okay, I poetry this, uh, this passage, and that's not an official word either. I'm not doing anything official up here. I poetry this passage so that it will be easier for you to remember. So we're gonna read verses 38 and 39 aloud together. Ready? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. For I am convinced. Are you convinced that there's nothing in or out of this world, seen or unseen, that nothing, absolutely nothing, can conquer you because nothing can conquer God? Not even evil forces not even evil forces, because Satan is real. And I'm not, there are certain ways people might look at Christians when we talk about spiritual things, but this is a spiritual world we're living in. Satan is real. Because we're doing the work of him who sent us, Satan is scheming and lying and whispering lies in our ears. He is called the father of lies. He comes, he's described as the one who comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's like a lion waiting, prowling around, waiting to devour its prey. We live in a spiritual world where lies are constantly being put in our brain. But we, as believers, can be confident in the midst of our suffering, we have hope in Christ Jesus. But when you look at that last line right there, that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We would be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ Jesus our Lord, what does that mean? When you start reading the Bible and you sit there and go, I don't know what that means, what does that mean? (laughs) Holy Spirit is probably trying to tell you something and you should ask those questions. What does that even mean in Christ Jesus our Lord? In is another way to describe through. Christ Jesus our Lord the reality is though we were created to love God and each other we hurt each other we hurt I hurt you you hurt me hurt people hurting people and just imagine it from the very first sin that happened there's exponential sin happening over ever ever increasing sin exponential hurting of each other no wonder our life is crazy Romans 7, just before that, says, okay, I know, I'm, I know the good I'm supposed to do, I can't do it. I know the bad I'm not supposed to do, I do it. What a wretched man I am. Who's going to rescue me from this body of death?" Because God implanted us with this DNA to want to do good, to love, to love him, and to love others, but we just can't do it. And the result is not only are we separating ourselves from each other, but we are separated from God because God is light and we are dark. God is goodness and we are full of sin. But Romans 7 also says, Thanks be to God in Jesus Christ or through Jesus Christ because what we were unable to do, God did by sending his own son to be a sin sacrifice so that our sinfulness can be clothed with his righteousness. His righteousness, goodness, his love, Jesus' death and resurrection was the payment for our wretchedness, restoring our love relationship with God. That love relationship we're talking about in this verse. Do you see it? So in Christ Jesus, we have this inseparable love, and because of this love that's never-ending, that can't be changed, we have hope in the midst of our suffering, and we can conquer this world. Let me say that again. In Christ, or through Christ, and what he did... We have this inseparable love of God that will never leave us. And because of that, we have hope in the midst of our exponentially sinful world. And now we can conquer anything that comes our way. We are conquerors. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, we are conquerors. You will never be separated from the love of God, never. We're not like this world, we're not without hope. We have hope in the midst of our brokenness in Christ Jesus. Don't forget this one message of hope that Paul is emphasizing in the book of Romans at the end of Romans Paul gives us. Let's read it together again with conviction and don't try to sync with the person next to you. Read this like this is a declaration of your life, that you're saying it to yourself. I'm done, no. But can you do it alone? All the people who said no, you're honest. (laughs) There might be some strong young person out there thinking, yes, I can. No, we need each other imperfect as we are to stay convinced of this hope. We can be convinced right now on Sunday morning. And then as soon as we go to work on Monday, and something goes down, maybe we're not convinced. Maybe we need to be like, convince me, friend, that I should stay and love this person. (laughs) Or convince me to leave because I keep staying in this condition, or whatever it is. We can't do it alone. Remember, Paul wrote to the church in Rome, not to an individual. We read in verse 39, there's an emphasis at the end there, we will be able to, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, journeying together. That's, that was God's intentional design. Remember when Jesus was talking to Peter and he said, uh, Peter, Satan told me that I should just kick you out because you're just volatile and you do whatever you want, but I'm gonna build the church upon this foundation. We need each other to convince each other. Asking for convincing, convince me again. Giving convincing, okay, I'm gonna convince you because you're not in a good place. Just as my husband said, we need to go to church. We need to go to church. I'm gonna go and not talk to anybody, and then leave when they're singing the last song. <laughs> Hopefully nobody will say hi to me. They won't be friendly, you know? But it didn't work here. (laughs) It too nice. We need each other. In college, um, I had a church friend who called me in the middle of the night, afraid, spiritually attacked by the enemy, hearing voices, this is real. And what did I know? I don't know anything. I'm a new believer, but I knew what I knew. I knew two verses that I had memorized that was gonna be the weapon against the enemy's attacks and lies, that he was alone, that he had to be afraid, all these things, and my weapon that could conquer anything. Romans 8, 38, 39. I was a new believer, but I had started memorizing these verses, and I'm on the phone, and I repeat over and over again, for I am convinced that neither, I didn't know what to say. (laughs) So I'm just gonna repeat the Lord. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation shall be able to separate you do it. We need convincing. And why did this work? Because it is reality. It is the reality of the inseparable love of God. In the midst of our craziness, there is hope. Hope in the midst of our brokenness. And together, as he asked for help, he had to call me. As he asked for help for convincing, and I, as I convinced him, we conquered the enemy. And here at Coastal, there are many ways that you can get connected so that you can convince each other. All those announcements at the beginning, convince each other and conquer together. I don't need to go through the list, it's on the website. We made the announcements, but we need each other to be convinced of this hope. Dearly beloved, you are beloved children of God. The, the enemy's real. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, that's, that's all That's all real, but we have hope. That's the one message. We have hope in the midst of our brokenness that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you convinced and are you continuing to convince each other? Do you want to do that? Yes. Your goal from this one message is to convince yourself and each other of this truth. So we're gonna read it again. You're gonna memorize this before we're done. No, no we're almost done. <laughs> okay, let's read this together. And after we uh, read and you know, do the benediction and all that, please come up for prayer if you need the prayer, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you have some struggle, some spiritual hardship you're going through, whatever it might be, we will be up here, but we're gonna read this together. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if you will stand with me, Dearly beloved, may the inseparable love of God displayed in the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit shared in fellowship with brothers and sisters be the hopeful reality under which you live both now and forevermore, amen you're dismissed, I want to encourage you to go to Tabletop, or come here and pray, or give a word of encouragement to your brothers and sisters. Thank you so much.
0: Pastor Mia Shin is a speaker, author, and songwriter. Her 20 years of ministry include preaching, teaching, and mentoring in the Asian American and multi-ethnic church contexts, as well as in public high school and college settings. Visit www.miashin.org to follow Mia or learn more about her ministry. You can also join us online each week on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for our weekly live stream. We also have two in-person services at 9 and 1040 a.m. in our sanctuary. Coastal Community Church is located at 1830 Farrell Road, Grover Beach, California. For more information, visit our website www.mycoastal.org.